the Spot Track Podcast, talking sports contracts, the salary cap, and business of sports. Welcome to the SpotTrack.com podcast. I'm Kevin Sylvester, along with Paul Peck and the founder of SpotTrack.com, Mike Gennetti. And the offseason is here in the National Football League. It all begins, Mike. Don't we love the offseason? Sometimes the offseason can be equally or more exciting than the regular season, particularly in the world we live in now where fans are just insatiable for any and every piece of information they can get. That's right. Change is good, right? And we've got plenty of that lined up this offseason. I think we've already seen you know, a ton of change, and there's more coming literally every single day. So there's plenty to talk about, lots of excitement, and we'll uh, try to break down what we can here. Yeah, the first, let's talk about the quarterbacks because it's going to be a huge change. Uh, it's already in, started. In quarterbacks, yeah, Alex. Smith being traded to the Washington Redskins, which um, I guess a little surprise. Funny, it happened the day there's like, all right, he's going to be traded, right? He's on Dan Patrick's show, yeah. and then boom, it happens. And so that means Kirk Cousins is going, right? Yeah, do you think he found out on Twitter? How do you think Kirk Cousins found out about this, right? <laughs> Pro, no, Insta, Insta chat. Yeah, whatever that Snapdragon, is. Snapdragon, <laughs> something like that. Facebook, as Bill Belichick likes to say. Well, the Redskins certainly took a stand here, didn't they? They certainly put their uh, foot down in the offseason with acquiring Smith, and not only so, by extending Smith. So, you know, there's absolutely no... There, there's no question that he's the guy going forward for the foreseeable future here, which is, I, I think, a good move. I they think traded for certainty, certainty, basically, is what they experience, did. Experience, uh, you know, he, he got, he kind of got the uh, the contract that Cousins never could get, right? There was, I heard heard a bunch. I see, I read a bunch of tweets this week that basically said they were dating Cousins and now they're married to Alex Smith. So. <laughs> That's good. So. That's good, right? You know, the the reports came out right around the the Super Bowl game about what happens with Kirk Cousins. Now we were all speculating, and and you have and we have about where he would go. But the reports came out that the that the Redskins might want to tag him so that they could trade him. And I never, maybe I'm hanging around you too much. But when I first heard, I'm like, I'm like, that's nuts. That's crazy. That's there's no way the Redskins are going to have to eat that cap hit and then be held at the mercy of Kirk Cousins signing the franchise tag in order to trade him. Well, but he might sign it to be traded, right? He uh, would have to. Right. No, I'm just saying like, okay, we're, we can move you here, but or you keep have the to heat, sign. Or keep the heat on him to say, really, you know, don't do anything to me so I can become a free agent, go where I want to go. But the, but the, uh, we'll let you talk here in a second, Mike. The only thing. <laughs> <laughs> Take over, guys. They can't just let him go for nothing, though. Right, I mean, I that's, think they pretty much made that decision, didn't they, by trading for Alex Smith? Well, but if they tag him with a franchise tag, then they have a chance to get something for him. I, I think that ship has sailed. I think this is reactionary. I think this is a trying to save face moment for the Redskins. I, I think public opinion probably pushed back and basically said we have to at least throw this out there to say that we're trying to get something for <laughs> Kirk Cousins because for 24 months we had this guy basically on a string and had the opportunity to move this guy and get some kind of value, really good value. I mean, if they had done this two years ago, you know, they were in a situation where they could have pulled some serious pullback for this, for Kirk Cousins. He was established. He was throwing for 4,000 yards and 25 touchdowns. I mean, you want, you want to not sign him and trade him then, I don't think anybody's complaining. I mean, you're going to get a nice drawback. You're going to be able to start your franchise over in terms of that position. Yeah, they put the cart before the horse here is what they did. And bringing in Alex Smith took away all their leverage on Cousins, obviously, it really, yeah, you said it, Paul. Kirk Cousins has to play ball now if this is really going to happen. They're going to tag him for and he has no reason million. to want to play ball. Look at he's he's been a, a good soldier here, right, for for two years, and he signed that tag as quickly as possible because money is money, right? And a starting role is a starting role. But I, yeah, he if it's him and and his and his agent, who is also. Alex Smith's agent, by the way. So this is one big wow. happy circus over. That there. is a tough picnic yeah. this summer. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the the. Uh, 
Kirk Cousins has to sign a $34 million franchise tag, which will hit the Redskins cap to go with whatever Alex Smith is going to account for. Let's say it's $15 million plus. Can they it, even handle that? If they even yeah, you're talking $50 million for two quarterbacks to start the league year. I mean, it's not normal. It's not common. Is it possible? Yeah, they're going to have to move some guys to, just to make this happen. And if and if Kirk Cousins wanted to really mess with the Redskins, he could wait a couple of days before signing it, keep them completely the handcuffed by the cap and unable to do anything else. That's the thing. That's the thing, right? And, and, and there's definitely some angst between him and this front office because of what happened last year. Because they franchise tagged him, they couldn't sign anybody, right? They couldn't get him two to three good wide receivers to throw to. You know, he he had a miserable season because of the lack of cap flexibility the Redskins had. So they're gonna they're gonna up that ante 140 percent with with a 34 million dollar tag for yeah it could be days. You know, certainly they'll be talking to teams about about a trade legally in quotes right. Sure. But and they'll have something in mind. But yeah, it, it hinges on Kirk Cousins playing ball, and that is a lot to ask. There's no possibility of a sign in trade, is there? No, like you see in other sports. No, not not really. I mean, none of this. When you talk about a third franchise tag, this is an exclusive tag. It, it, it's got to be signed. They're, everything sits on Kirk Cousins. The, the the Redskins literally have. I mean, technically, they can't even confer with other other teams until that that three to four days before free agency when there's a little bit of wiggle room. Yeah, because everybody abides by that. Yeah, right? sure. There's, yeah. Everybody follows the rules, right? Yeah, they're but, all at the Super Bowl. They don't yeah, is talk. there any? Is, nobody there's talks no, the combine. There's yet. no ability <laughs> to trade the rights like we see in other sports. Like you can't that 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 before you you make him the franchise player or pin the tag on him. There's no way to trade. Uh, to get a fifth round pick from Denver for his rights. No, the the trading the trading season doesn't open until the league year opens. Right. Which at that point, Kirk Cousins would become a free agent. Which at that gotcha. point, he's walking. Okay. He's out. So, he's so out the door to Denver, or Arizona, or Cleveland. Right. right. So, yeah. I, I mean, best case scenario for him is obviously they just let him walk. And, and really, and I, kind of, I tweeted this last week. You got to remember when he does walk. There's going to be a third round pick in 2019 for the Redskins. Comp- compensatory, yeah, right. A comp yeah, pick. So, all right. So, so, so you're getting. A third are they round even pick. getting that back for a trade this year? Probably not. I mean, are they getting yeah. a third round pick for a 34 million dollar cap? Well, so it's not even worth. <laughs> it's not worth the hassle, is what you're saying, I, right? I think this, like I said, the ship has sailed. They had a chance to do this and get a really good pullback. They're trying to save a little face right now and get anything back for Kirk Cousins because nobody lets quarterbacks walk, and the Redskins are about to do that. But I think he's going to walk. I think Where's he going? Nice big deal. Where's your guess? Million dollar question, right? Hundred million dollar question, really. Um, boy, it sure sounds like Denver's in, but Denver cannot afford a hundred million guaranteed front loaded. You know, so they'd have to get really creative. They would certainly have to. And here's the other thing: part of their creativity is probably going to include losing Emmanuel Sanders, possibly losing Demarius Thomas, who both have high cap hits. So, okay. welcome so, to Denver. Yeah, welcome to Denver. Start <laughs> right. throwing to tight ends. But uh, the uh, yeah, so it's not a great situation for him, even though that's a franchise he probably would like to go to. I'm going to throw a complete Derek Horst out here. I've been talking Cleveland because they can afford him. I've been talking Arizona because they're sort of built to win, and Carson Palmer kind of got removed out of the picture here. I, I think the Vikings are going to be all in on this guy. Hmm. Really? I think the Vikings see the, see the end of the day, see the end of the tunnel. They know what they've got on their defense. They they got to make a couple of signings there to keep a couple of guys in the fold. They're going to need to get a little creative with their with their wide receiver core. Uh, maybe bring in a stud free agent to go with that. But they can afford them. I mean, they've got good cap space. They've got cap they can move around to make this happen. And why wouldn't Kirk Cousins want to go and play in a dome on a great team that's got a chance to win the Super Bowl? And that Bowl next means year? let all three guys. They're already going to go. Yeah. Right. So it's 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 just you don't tag Case Keenum. And look, worst case scenario, you know, 
you can probably assume Case Keenum's not going to get a deal in the first couple of days of free agency, right? If he's if he's let to walk, he's sort of going to be, you know, maybe in that second tier of quarterbacks that go, which is based on the guys that are going to be available. So if they swing and miss on Cousins, they're going to be able to go out and bring back either a Keenum or even a Bridgewater if they need to, and kind of start back over with that. But I think that's going to be the team that makes a quick push in free agency. Like it'll have to be a little bit of a creative deal. It's not going to be you know fifty million up front like the Browns might be able to do, but it sounds more and more like the Browns are just going to be sitting on that draft pick. They're going to take a quarterback with the draft. They're not going to make a huge splash in free agency in terms of that, in terms of the quarterback position. And if they're out, I think Minnesota's the team. Interesting. That's the first I've heard anybody yeah. throw the Vikings in. Love that theory. Love it. Makes sense. Nick Foles, <laughs> Super Bowl MVP. Uh, what I mean, what a story uh, he is. And everybody's like, okay, where's he going to play next year and there's a chance he doesn't play next year that he holds a clipboard again sure. right sure yeah i mean we, we talked about an off season Let, let's talk about this right we've had a we've got a starting quarterback traded we're gonna have a starting quarterback at free agency and we've got a backup quarterback as a super bowl mvp who now has really no role next year so i mean we've got a heck of an off season and we're not even there yet so that's assuming you know carson wentz will be healthy that's right. For the well, Eagles. Well to, well, to me, that's that's everything here. That's everything with this discussion, because I think if Carson Wentz is healthy and, and they know he's ready for week one, I, I think Nick Foles brings in a trade that the Eagles can't, can't refuse. They can wait to trade him. They can wait. Right? They don't have to trade well, him now. let's talk about that, because the numbers kind of bear a little bit of a difference there. So there's a $3 million roster bonus that's due March 18th. It's guaranteed. So if they release him, they owe him the $3 million. But if they trade him before that, they don't have to pay that. The new team has to pay that. So technically speaking, uh, the best case scenario trade for Philadelphia with Foles is that first week of free agency before that roster bonus is paid, which would save them $3 million, which they need. Let's talk about that too real quick. The Eagles they have the lowest cap space in the league right now. So you win a Super Bowl, but, man, they got a lot of work to do right away. They're, they're in the negative. They're at negative four right now. So, And really – you know, releasing Foles was never going to be an option. It only saved them like a million and a half in cap anyway. So trade is really the only option in terms of getting rid of Foles unless they decide to keep him. And to me, it's all about keeping him right now with Philadelphia. Well, you know, the, the, the word is a nine to 12 month recovery yeah. for Carson Wentz from an injury that happened in what early December. Right. Yeah. So do the math on that at the at the at the at the quickest end. You're talking about him being maybe ready for training camp. And, and on the back end, you're talking about debatable for the start of the season. And let's look at the Vikings, right? They certainly weren't going to bring back Bridgewater before they needed to, right? We, we, we've seen this in the league. They're not going to rush Carson Wentz back if they don't have to. And now they don't have to, right? Because they've got a backup quarterback who's a Super Bowl MVP. So it, it sure sounds like the, the, the good play for them is just to keep Foles. And I think the, what they're going to do is they're going to take that $3 million rosture bonus and restructure it. I was saying, they can restructure it yeah. and give them a three- or four-year deal, right? Yeah. All right, you are a guy that deals in the black and white of the numbers, yeah. but do you think there's any part of the Eagles that says, you know what, Nick, we're going to reward you by doing what you did and bringing us our first Super Bowl and giving you a chance to go start somewhere? Yeah, if somebody come, talks, come, you know, brings in a second-round pick and a starting, some, starting somebody, right? I mean, if, if, if there's a trade offer that is just too good for Philly to refuse, they have to take it. They I mean, did it with is, Bradford. This is lightning you know, in I mean, the bottle. They, they did yeah. it with Wentz and Bradford, so they've certainly never been hesitant about it. Yeah, I mean, he still is a backup quarterback to them, let's be fair. I mean, their, their franchise quarterback is Carson Wentz. That's not going to change. I believe that's already been said. I mean, there's really there's no indication there that, you know, that Foles is, the, is any kind of future going forward. 
So yeah, they would be doing right by him, obviously, but they'd be doing right by themselves too, because if they're making a trade, it's because somebody blew him away, whether it's Arizona, whether it's Buffalo, but you know, there's teams out there that could certainly get in the game. So what cap space is a team acquiring in a trade? You mentioned the 3 million roster bonus. What are they acquiring in the trade? Because if you trade for him, and what does he have, one year left? Yeah, just next year, right. Just well, he ne- has, technically has three years left, but it's a pretty voidable it, it deal, avoids. right? It'll void, yeah. So if he's on a roster after at 2019, it becomes he becomes a free agent, right? So yeah. Basically, it, so it's... when you look at the contract on spot track, this happens quite a lot. It's becoming more prevalent. You'll see that the last three years of the deal are in red because essentially that means they're voidable. The only reason that's, that's happening is so that they can take a signing bonus and prorate it over the maximum five years. So it spreads out that signing bonus cap and gives them lower cap hits throughout the contract. So there's, they're actually called dummy years is really what they're called. And uh, that's, that's the structure that a lot more teams are going with. So but, if you're the Cleveland Browns, you yep. got the number one pick in the draft. You can draft a, a quarterback. And, and the number Jeff, four, too. Keep you, that in mind. Right. Maybe, maybe you don't take the quarterback till number four. Okay. So you take Josh Rosen, uh, for example, and he sits behind Nick Foles for one year. And Nick Foles becomes a free agent. Yeah. You could do that, right? You could do that. Here's the problem. So to answer your question, a team trades for him, let's say it's before that March 18th deadline. So they're they're taking on seven million. It's a seven million salary, seven million cap hit. Oh, that's nothing. It's nothing. nothing. Well, that's what Foles will be saying, <laughs> right? <laughs> so Foles and his agent come in and they say, "Great, you want us to start for a year? You're going to pay us like a starting quarterback." So that's going to get that's going to get thrown out. But I don't have to. He's going to sign a two year deal or a three year deal, you know, with a signing bonus with a nice salary. It's going to be that Ryan Fitzpatrick kind of ten million, twelve million dollar contract, in my opinion, if the, if he's going to be a one year deal. But there's no way. That somebody trades for him and he plays on a seven million dollar contract and starts sixteen weeks. No way. Can the Eagles restructure a deal to keep him? For sure. Yeah, like I said, that, that three million dollar roster bonus can be restructured over the four years left, right? Those three dummy years and next year, which saves you two point two five right off the bat. So uh, right away, you've got a, a cap hit under five million, which for a backup quarterback, still a little bit high, but it's completely tenable. When I mean, Wentz is only costing you about six and a half anyway. So you know, those two together. And who knows? I mean, maybe Foles is starting six weeks this, you know, for the Eagles this year. You know, you never know what's going to happen right. with Wentz over the summer. So, you know, you don't you don't want to take him out of a position where he's not happy financially, right? So you're still going to pay him the seven million. You're just going to restructure that bonus for cap purposes over four years, save yourself some cap space, get yourself in a little better standing. And I, to me, ultimately, that's what I believe happens. I, I believe Foles is probably the week one starting quarterback. And he's on a little bit of a restructured contract for cap purposes. All right. One other uh, non-quarterback who, who is a little bit in the news and a little bit of chatter and speculation about is Le'Veon Bell and what's going to happen with him. As he's, He was pretty adamant about saying he, he will not play for the franchise tag, which is always easy for those guys to say. The, the funny thing about Bell is, and, and maybe the Steelers or maybe his agent are, are at fault for this. Not at fault. I love it. But I, I know so much about what he's asking for just from public, from what I'm hearing the public. I mean, I know what he wants in year one, in year two. I know what he doesn't want. I know how much per year he won't take and and wants to take. I mean, he's a he's a dream for a guy like me trying to evaluate a contract, right? <laughs> but so I've done actually a couple of instances where I've actually tried to break out a contract for him. And I've posted that on our Twitter feed at SpotTrack. But, you know, it's, it's been a little bit complicated because let me, let's talk about the Steelers real quickly here. The Steelers do something that really no other team does, and they hold absolutely true to it. They do not guarantee base salaries ever, 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 ever. So if, you, if you're looking at a deal with Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown, who recently got extensions, all of those base salaries in that column, 
They're non-guaranteed until the start of the season, which for veterans, that's always the case. So generally speaking, out of the gate, when you sign a new deal with Pittsburgh, the only thing guaranteed to you is that signing bonus. So, so, so that's why you see higher signing bonuses for their superstars, which in turn leads to more dead cap later in the contract, if you can follow my math, right? If you've got a $40 million contra- you know, a signing bonus over five years, your last year, you've got $8 million in dead cap, whereas generally you want that lower so you can get rid of a guy or And if you did it as a roster bonus, or th- then, right. then you would drop the number down right. and, and less that dead cap on the so, back end. So that's what's making Le'Veon Bell's request difficult. Right, because he wants to be, he wants guaranteed money. He wants to know he's going to be okay for three years because running backs just aren't anymore. Right, they're they're on one or two year deals and they know it, and they're getting you know ten to twelve million dollars and then they're out the door. So he 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 just wants some stability. And like I said, the Steelers don't make that easy, outside of a massive signing bonus, which would just be cap. That would just be dumb in terms of the cap. Are they the only team that has that policy? Uh, As far as I can think of right now, there are I believe Tampa Bay, the, the Buccaneers have done this prevalently, um, but I'm not sure they're as tight to it as Pittsburgh is. Pittsburgh is absolutely tight to it. So what's the advantage of not guaranteeing um, the salaries? You you don't get stuck in a Marcel Darius situation where there's two years of salaries down the road already guaranteed now, and, you know, God forbid he becomes a train wreck and you don't want him on your team anymore. Now you're on the hook for $15 million of next year's salary that you don't want, right? But it's really it's six in one basket, six in the other, because the the dead cap of that bonus... Is generally so hefty, and that's why you're constantly seeing Pittsburgh and Dallas and those kind of teams restructuring contracts because there's so much dead cap and so little salary to go with it later in those years that the players are saying, "Where's my cash?" Right? There's all this cap, but there's no cash associated with it, and cash flow is is just so important. I mean, the first three years of cash makes it makes or break a good contract for a player, and that's what Le'Veon Bell is talking about. He wants fifty million over three years. He wants you know forty two million over you know he wants thirty he wants more than thirty million over the first two years. He thinks he's a fifteen million dollar per year running back, which means at least for the first three years, it's got to be more than forty five million over three years. That's what he's basically said. And that's why Sean McCoy follows your tweets. That's right. Yeah, that's why lots of running backs follow <laughs> me go. because I'm always trying to make sh- uh, Le'Veon Bell a fifteen million dollar running back when there's nobody even worth nine right now. Right. So, <laughs> uh, and the final NFL, the final NFL topic is something that obviously you've had a little fun rolling around in your head, which is the Cleveland Browns have the most cap space of any team in the NFL. Suppose they wanted to uh, add an intriguing tight end prospect to their lineup. Yeah. So obviously we're we're, we're across sports right now just because of how much is going on in terms of you know the NBA trade deadline MLB's lack of free agency and obviously the NFL offseason here so uh, we're at a point now where the Browns are you know at that 110 million dollar cap space mark which is absurd Um, and they're at a point now where they could actually bring in LeBron James on an NBA contract and and afford him next year over the next two years. Actually, so I mean that's where the the Cleveland Browns are. I mean they're in better cap. They're in way better cap situation than the Cavaliers are. Let's just say that, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But yeah, the, just to have a little fun there, Le- LeBron and his massive salary could could fit inside the Cleveland Browns right now. He probably could he start would for be the Browns. A heck of a tight end, don't yeah. you think? Heck yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I nope. think I'd want him as a pass rusher, too. Well, that, too. Boy, you know? coming off the edge as a DN. Well, Throwing yeah. passes like Trey Burton? What do you think? Well, if they're going to pay him $70 million over two years, 70 and change, yeah. then he should play both sides of the football. I agree. Get, get, get your best out of him, Cleveland. Right. Let's go. I, I want to see the NFL do that anyways. All right. Well, hey, listen, you mentioned LeBron James in the NBA. So let's talk about the NBA's trade deadline coming up and just – 
Um, the things that are, are happening, usually free agents to be are traded in the NBA. You, you, you see player-for-player uh, player trades, multiplayer swaps. What are you anticipating this year at the NBA's trade deadline? Yeah, the not not unlike the NFL conversation here. I think the biggest trade has already been made. I think that Blake Blake Griffin move was somewhat outstandingly ridiculous. I mean, <laughs> I mean the fact that Detroit took that on and gave up so much, and 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 you're, they're they're going to essentially try to build their franchise around him, which is what the Clippers were doing when they traded Chris Paul and got rid of everybody else before that. So it's a little bit weird how things just shifted on that and happened quickly, from what I hear as well. Um, I don't think we're going to see anything even even close to that. But what we will see, and, and, I, and I have been hearing this, and I think this is actually really good practice. So what, what we see in free agency with these NBA teams now is players kind of ganging up, right? You saw LeBron get a couple of guys together. We saw an, an OKC, right? Russell Westbrook kind of got Paul George and Carmelo Anthony together and, you know, those kind of three-pronged attacks in terms of how to go and, and make, make a long-term season work out successfully. So not unlike that. I think that's what's going to happen in the, in the next 48 hours with the NBA. You're going to see multiple team trades, whether that's three teams, four teams, come together. Because here's the situation with the, with, with the NBA and, and trading. Money is a really big deal. There's, there's really strict rules on money out, money in, right? There's percentages of, of salary that have to be accounted for so that you can't just trade LeBron James for a, you know, a second-round pick who sits on the bench in Memphis, right? Right. So there's really strict rules in terms of how everything's got to work. Well, like you're talking about, Kevin, a lot of these players are on expiring contracts. So they've got smaller salaries or not much salary down the road, things like that. So the pullback is people want draft picks. That, let's just say it. People right. want draft picks right now, right? They want to, they want to shed cap because the, the free agent class this year and next year are phenomenal. I mean, superstars galore. You could build an Olympic team with it. So they're trying to shed cap. And in order to shed cap, you still have to acquire cap because of how the rules of the NBA trade work. Well, in, or, in order to make that trade work, your team doesn't have to take on new players. Maybe another team can. So like I said, you're going to f- start seeing teams partner up. You're going to start teams saying, all right, well, I'm going to move my first round pick here and you move this player there and then they'll move those two players there. And it's going to be like this big circle and ju- just to make the money work and the, the picks to go where people want them to go. I, I think it's going to be interesting. It's going to be complicated. It's going to be a lot of work for us to kind of track it. But I think that's the route that teams will have to go to shed cap, add draft picks, move players, and make the money all work. So you're telling me Keith Van Horn will be traded again this year? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, no. Like he's been Keith Van that's Horn right. has been traded because of his contract. Yep. So he, was it the Nets con- or six? One of those contracts is so enormous, like he would always be traded. Yeah. Well, that's the funny thing, right? His contract would be. These guys with the NBA, they have what's called a cap hold. Do you guys know what this is? No. Essentially, so let's say LeBron James leave, decides to opt out and he becomes a free agent next year. That's he, happening, right? Absolutely. It's not yeah. even discussable. He, yeah. <laughs> so right. He's opting out, the, no question. The Cavaliers will still have a cap hit for him next year until he signs with a new team or they release his cap hold. So you essentially hold a placeholder cap for players that aren't even active on your roster anymore. So why would he? Why would they hold a, a, a placehold? Essentially, it's holding the rights, right? So in, until he actually signs for a new team, they can hold his rights. So even though the contract's and expired, it they against still have the rights. Yeah, and it counts against the cap. Interesting. And, and, so, and it's a really big financial nightmare for a lot of teams, especially for guys who play over in Europe and stuff. So they'll draft a guy. They don't want him on the active roster this year because they don't have the cap. or, or you know, So they can, they can modify a cap hold, let him go play in Europe, and he's he's at, he's on their 
long-term roster, and, and he's got a cap hold in t- against their current year's cap, but he's nowhere in sight. So that stuff happens all the time. So all of that is accounted for with free agency and trades as well. And there's, then there's exceptions and all these different things that go in it. Long story short, the NBA money is an absolute nightmare. So, you know, we do our best to break it down and, and we, we really do answer a lot of questions and, and we welcome them you know, via email or at Twitter but, uh, because it really is a complicated situation. But I think really at this deadline, you're going to see that. You're going to see a lot of things get to come together at once to make draft picks move, money move, and small players. I'm not going to say there's going to be a lot of big players moved, but it's going to be complicated. All right, I want to throw it at you because I, I know it's a great topic for sports talk radio and TV shows and bar stools. Hmm. Um, and I, I think I just saw a report as we record this where LeBron James said he will not yep. waive his no-trade clause. But from a very logical standpoint, if your point is correct and the Cavs know he's not coming back next year, it, it, wouldn't you say, well, i got to get something for him? What can trade him wherever, somewhere, you know, it, but it won't happen, right? I mean, it's not going to happen, but there's a logical part of it that says it should happen. Yeah, there's no franchise tag, right? <laughs> they can't they can't keep right. him around if they don't want if he doesn't want to be there. Um, it's a really interesting situation. I mean, they're still third in the East, right? I mean, they're still competing. They look terrible. Let's be honest. Their cap, right. their cap looks terrible. I mean, they've got that game against Houston. Oh, yeah, that was not a game. No, my God, <laughs> that was not a contest. I could have played in that game for Cleveland. <laughs> not ready to go there. Listen, yet, I, but, no, I, well, I could have held. Listen, I could have held the little red uh, cape and just waved it as they went by. Sure, sure. Yeah, the hyperbole is stretching a little thin over here. Okay. Um, yeah, should they trade LeBron James? That is a question. I don't think I'm ready to answer. <laughs> Of All course right. they of course they should for business purposes. <laughs> yes. yes. Of course they should. It would look of bad. Course. People people would go nuts in Cleveland. Of course. But from a very distinct business standpoint, as you've clearly said, yeah. if you're gonna lose him, get something for him. Of course. Well, shouldn't you try to win while you have him? That, and that that's really what it comes down to. That's do, what do I think. Do they think they have enough to win at all? I don't think they do. I don't think anybody thinks they, they do. They know you know listen, they you know this for a fact. You cannot win the NBA championship without LeBron James for the Cleveland Cavaliers. No question. You can win it with him because you have. So, but so now you, you better win it, or when he walks, the peep, the same people that would scream about you trading him now are going to scream about letting yeah. him go without anything so coming back. Try to win while you got him. Here, That's here. how I'd look at it. Here's the worst part to it, though, right? And, and really, the question is: Are they buyers or are they sellers? Right? LeBron included. I mean, are, I mean, yeah. are they selling pieces off here, or are they really going for it? Because it's it's either go for it all, right? There's no there's no like based based on what I've said already, no team's gonna get a player right now this in the next couple of days that's gonna make them better for the next three years. I don't I don't see that player right. being moved right now. You know, not even like a DeAndre Jordan. He's like a fifty fifty, and I don't know how much better he really makes your team. He's he's kind of like a one trick pony. And I hear you, right? Yeah. So even if that's the guy that moves, it's interesting, but I don't know how much better he makes you for the the immediate, right? So if the Cavs are gonna be buyers. And they're going to say, we've got LeBron for four more months. Let's, let's get every inch out of it. What that means is they're going to go after a bunch of expiring contracts. Right? Yes. They're going to go after the Lou Williams and the Tyreek Evans and these guys with one year's left. And similar to LeBron, right, and, and Isaiah Thomas. And then where are they going to be in six, seven months when this season ends? I mean, they are going to be. They're going to be where they were the year after he and left will they Miami. Have, will yes. they still have that draft pick? Because if you're going to get players – they know you've got those, those two first-round picks, so you're probably losing that, hopefully not both, but they're, they're, they're probably losing that, that, that Brooklyn pick. So now you've got a ton of free agents out the door, LeBron and James being one of them. You've got 
contracts on your roster that you definitely don't want. I mean, you've got Tristan Thompson for two years at $20 million each year. Kevin Love at God knows how much money for God knows how many years. <laughs> so, I mean, you're in a you're just in a mess of a situation, and I don't know if anybody has an answer for them right now outside of trade LeBron James. You just gave you just great, gave me it? the you just <laughs> gave the answer, taking all the emotion out of it. The answer is to trade him. But I know, I get it, that it's not likely going to happen. It can't happen. It won't happen. But you, you just explained to me that if I'm looking at it strictly in black and white as a manager, general manager, there's no other choice. You know if you, if you're, if you trade LeBron James, you just signed your own pink slip. Yeah, I, I get that. That's why you no can't do if, it. No if matter if Gilbert, the owner, tells you to do it, it doesn't matter. You're, you're fired because you're, the public's going to kill you. You're gone. Will they? Yes, they will. Yes. Don't you think they know how bad they look right now? They, yeah, but it's not the playoffs. Right. The playoffs are different. You just got to get in. You got to get in. Here's my prediction. He goes to play in Milwaukee with the, the Greek freak. Wouldn't they be awesome together? I like it. I like it. <laughs> that would I like be it. You, had some, you had some other names that you wanted to give some quick thoughts to about what their prospects would be. You already mentioned DeAndre Jordan. Lou Williams is an interesting is an interesting guy, too, just the way he's playing lately. Yeah, he's shooting the lights out. He's on an expiring contract. He's 31 years old. Been around a thirty-one long time, years yeah. old. He's, he's a Case Keenum. He's a journeyman yeah. that just sort of blew up this year. Right. So, so yeah. I mean, he's gonna he's getting lot, tons of offers. The interesting thing is though, is based on everything we just said. I mean, what's the real what's the real draw on him? You know, what are, what are you giving up? You're, are you giving up a first? You know, for for a guy that's thirty-one, an no. expiring contract, but can yeah. but maybe can shoot the lights off for you in the he playoffs. Could be a difference maker. Yeah, yeah. you know, well, Marcus Smart. Yeah, Smart's interesting because he's exactly the opposite, right? He's a hard worker, a good defensive guy, real scrappy player, can really kind of he's a playmaker too, which is interesting for a guy of his stature. But uh, Boston needs to move somebody because they're going to make probably a trade acquisition, either Lou Williams or I think Tyreek Evans, and they're going to sign Greg McMurray, who was put on waivers, so they're going to get another guy for free because that's what happens with the Cavs and the Celtics over the past five years. <laughs> um, so they're going to have to move smart, really, just to kind of make the finances work. Um, the, the market's interesting on him because I think Cleveland would be a nice spot for that. I mean, they, they lack defense. They lack a little edge right right now. I mean, they, they're not stopping anybody, as you know. So that's a nice player for, for does, them in terms of that, that, that edgy side that they might need to does get. Does Julius Randle bring that to them? Oh, yeah. Uh, to, me, to me, Julius Randle and Jordan Clarkson, they're, out, they're with the Lakers right now. They're, they're two of the most interesting names these next two days because that's a package that could come in, in a massive four-team trade that we've talked about here. Because both those guys maybe aren't in the long-term picture for this Lakers rebuild, especially if you're if you're loading up for Paul George and LeBron James and players like that in the next you know eighteen months. So those are guys who bring really nice value, especially Clarkson. Clarkson playing really good ball right now for a, for a guy who's got experience. Um, that's a move to me that's interesting for two reasons. Because if that's a situation that Cleveland gets involved in to try to win now, to pull those package deals for that Brooklyn pick and for. I don't know three other players they get to make the, the picks money and LeBron. That's right. So, they, <laughs> well, well, but no. Think about it from LeBron's standpoint. So, let's say that Cleveland and LA make this work right now, so that these two players come and help LeBron try to win right now. But that first round pick goes to LA next year, mm. where LeBron's probably going next year. So now, not only is Cleveland's team better, but LeBron's next year's team is better now as well. So, so that could work out for him. Gangbusters, and it could work out for the Lakers if he goes there because LeBron won't put up with Lavar. Well, it's interesting. <laughs> right? I, mean, I don't think anybody wants to put up with Lavar. I'll, say, I'll but... say this: I've, I've heard a lot of people say that we're talking about the wrong LA team, 
that the Clippers are going to get involved because they don't have a ball situation, right? They've got yeah. they've got all the cap in the world. He can he can bring whoever he wants. I mean, they're they're gonna they're gonna still empty the closet. LA. They're gonna empty the closet, and it's still L.A. Well, That's right. and there's something to that because you think about it, LeBron, and if he goes and he goes to play for the Lakers and wins up there, okay, yeah, well, you're hey, just join all the greats. Yeah. Well, if you do it for the Clippers, that's right, right. That's you're right. the greatest Clipper ever. That's right. And Interesting. Not, and not to be outdone, but another team do, emptying the closet right now and really starting to rebuild is the Chicago Bulls. But <laughs> you're not going to go and take that legacy in our no, <laughs> no. Seriously, you, you think about it. Uh, um, if you're looking at legacy, and you can go do it for the Clippers, yeah. And you know they'll spend the money because uh, you know they got Microsoft money there. That's right. Um, so it may happen. All right, we. Uh, Next, we move on to baseball. Today's cap fact. All right, we know you are partial to the sport of baseball, Mike, so you are counting the days down until pitchers and catchers report to spring training in Florida and Arizona. I I am, and I'm excited, and I'm hoping that a lot more happens in the next eight days because, you know, not only is spring training about to start here and pitchers and catchers are about to hop on mounds and get throwing here, but there is a ton of of free agency still to be done here. I mean, it's at a point now where we're talking grievances with the Players Association. I mean, there's some serious stuff going on in terms of agencies and the league and things like that as to just what is going on with the lack of signings, the lack of interest. Obviously, people are coming down on these prices ridiculously. Um, everything's under market value in terms of what we've been calculating over the last you know three, four months with these players. So everybody's coming in nice and cheap in terms of how these teams are signing. But we have... I believe it's nine, nine out of the top 15 free agents that we laid out uh, early December are still unsigned, including the top four. So there's plenty of money to be thrown around still. And I I know teams are still interested. We've we've heard plenty of rumors on J.D. Martinez and Hugh Darvish and Jake Arrieta. There's definitely teams that, you know, want these players, but there's some sort of behind the scenes situation going on right now where there's a number, there's a, there's a, there's a deadline and a number that teams just aren't willing to go to. And for whatever reason, it's all happening at once. And it's almost like there's been a collective agreement with these te- with agencies and with teams and with owners to basically say, this is the year that we change free agency. Well, I was going to say to you, collusion is a dirty word and it's always referred to on the owner sure. side. Is there, could there, is there, could there be collusion going on on the player no. side? Oh, come on, Paul. Well, no. you don't think the agents are getting together and saying, don't take that deal. Paul, rules are there to be followed. Yes. No. <laughs> yeah, seriously. No, I, uh, you know, I have absolutely no insight. This is purely speculation. But I think I do think the owners have kind of come together and said, you know, we've got to stop paying thirty million dollars per year for the players, and we've got to stop giving twelve-year contracts out to you know to guys who are going to be forty-two years old. I, I think there's just a a camel's back has been broken here, and and we're at, we're at a point now where, you know, like I said, the players have had a lot of leverage. I mean, with long-term deals, with player opt-outs, with massive salaries just increasing every year, no matter what. No matter what the production, honestly, um, we're, I think we're at a breaking point. I think we're at a, a really good point for the sport in terms of, you know, they're setting themselves a cap. A lot of teams have, them, uh, you know, an, a, a mental payroll cap and they're sticking to it. Uh, I've heard a couple of numbers out there that really make a lot of sense for teams, you know, in those middle markets. Uh, I just think we're at a point where the, the money got stupid and the, the length of contracts got stupid and owners finally said, we're done with that. And GMs are stepping in to say, but the players don't want to be done with Paul, that. It's like, but they don't have a team either right now. Well, but, but you know, at some point they've got to think that desperation could change all that. Paul, it's like local media. 
right? It's small. It's yeah. uh, you know local television media. They just said enough. These contracts got stupid, out of control. We don't need to pay anchors and reporters all this money. It's like, uh, it's yeah. like I was back. expecting you know, to laugh at least out of that. <laughs> until wow, your yeah. ratings get bad and you're like, oh, oh, we're desperate. What do we do? Whatever it costs, bring that guy. Bring well, Kevin Sylvester in. But they look, but but they, you know, seriously, they they probably look what the Astros did and said, we don't need to pay all this money to win the we, World well, Series. We talked about this last year, right? Maybe maybe it's more of the Patriots' philosophy, right? Why yeah. pay one guy to hit 50 home runs, 30 million a year, when I could pay three guys? Six million a year, and I'm getting still getting 50 home runs if I spread them out properly across 162 games, right? So I I just think maybe that we're at a point now where you know LeBron James can't come in and make, let the Mets win a World Series all by himself. They need you know 15 solid players like the Astros put together last year. Well, the team that one of the teams that spends the money, the Yankees, they they swung a huge trade. So yeah. you know that that didn't that chew up their free agency money. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the Yankees were never going to be in on anybody super big. I, I still think they're in on one of these pitchers. But they're 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 probably sitting there just letting things drop in front of them at this well, point. Well, they're probably I mean, saying to the pitchers too. Hey, don't you want to come and pitch for this team? Look at exactly. look at the run well, support. It's the Patriot for model. Well, that's what they've done. Right. They've built yeah. a team that everybody wants to play. You for want to come point. win a World Series? Yeah. Come here at this price. That's right. If you don't want this price, yeah. Yeah. go somewhere yeah. else and good luck winning. But it's these teams that are maybe one two players away, right? Like maybe the Red Sox, <laughs> who could really use JD Martinez's forty home runs right now, but certainly don't want to pay twenty five million dollars a year to do it. So. We'll see what happens. I hope it's a nice, fun week here as we lead up to spring training. Um, I hope I hope the signings come in because, like I said, I don't want these guys you know missing any kind of time in terms of how this is all rolling down. But I do think it's good for baseball. I think a, there are a few sports that need this. I think we might see this happen with basketball in three or four years. You know, if the salary cap can't keep up with the salaries that are being dished out right now. So I think we're at a, a come to Jesus point with baseball, and it's good, but it's tough to see. Come to Jobu. Point. Sorry, a little major league for you. All right. Very good. Hey, a place to keep up on it all is SpotTrack.com. Uh, so make sure you check it out here, especially with all the action, NBA trade deadline. And as uh, pitchers and catchers get to report, these signings will happen. SpotTrack.com will have it for you, not only on the website, but make sure you are a follower on Twitter. For Mike Giannetti and Paul Peck, I'm Kevin Sylvester. Thanks for listening.